The views and opinions expressed as part of this podcast in no way represent those held by American Football Ireland. As always, this podcast is just a bit of crack, lads, so please, no giving out. Game podcast where we bring you through the insights and stories of all things American football here in Ireland. We're your hosts, Kelly Dwyer, and I'm Robbie Caldwell. Let's get down to it. All righty, let's get down to it. Rob, we are back. We are back after our what is it two two month hiatus there i mean we were pretty organized for a few weeks and then uh two weeks of or two months of nothing and 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 we're back now surprise yeah well i'm gonna put that down to you um you know i think you should you know shoulder most of the blame i think the domestic <laughs> podcast following will agree with me when they say like why did you leave us <laughs> it's like what what has singapore got that uh, this wee rock of ours hasn't I know, yeah. Uh, cocktails on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That's what that's what Singapore has that uh, Ireland and Monaghan, unfortunately, doesn't have. Well, things have changed since you left. Monaghan now has a second cocktail bar along with many other glowing amenities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I actually wanted to talk about the Wolfhounds game uh, before I talked about the flag football final, but. Now that we're on to Monaghan and what uh, a metropolis it is, a metropolis that it is for <laughs> for American football in Ireland, as agreed by the uh, Instagram community, uh, just the support that Monaghan received in the run up to the flag football final was just, I mean, it really was very uh very touching. It was lovely, lovely to see the sport for Monaghan. But uh, yeah, Monaghan now the new home of flag football in Ireland. Do you want to maybe talk yes, us through yeah, that it's decision? Been to it's been referred as the mecca of flag football in this country. Uh, we <laughs> see throughout, throughout the, uh, the build up to the finals, there was great support coming from many, many's player uh, talking about how Monaghan was, you know, where they'd always dreamed about playing. After after the finals were held in Monaghan, you know the Dublin Bay Raptors social media team gave it five thumbs up as an event venue. It's five <laughs> thumbs up out of five. Trinity were absolutely delighted to see life outside of the capital. <laughs> They'd even booked their tickets for next year's country music festival as well as the blues festival later on. Uh, the whole guys are coming down. They, they couldn't believe you know all that was on offer for them. Had an absolute stunning time. All the Southern teams, especially the guys from Dublin, you know, they, they loved it. They loved the drive up, the scenery that they saw along the way. You know, the vibrant nature that was around them, stuff that like many of these guys would have never seen growing up. Yeah, in, yeah. They, they've like never seen nature. They've never seen nature. I mean, it was, it was no, such like, an experience. It was. It really was for them. It was a great, great time. Like, just I think they're, they're like explaining to them how, you know, white milk comes from white cows, brown milk comes from brown cows. It's these different things. It's like <laughs> so 
so good. So, so good. I love it. But I did want to be a little bit serious as well, um, just because actually there, there was some really good reviews of the flag football uh, final there after. I think the food was a huge, a huge hit. So that's um, that was all down to you and your flag directorship organising. Um, but unfortunately, yeah. you... Contacts that I had here, the food was actually provided by Blasta, uh, Blasta Street Food, uh, which is actually owned by a uh, local Monaghan man, Shawnee McCleary. Uh, great food, you know, there was over 200 burgers, 400 tacos, nachos, everything just like straight away gone. Uh, free food for all the players. Many of them were like quite surprised that they were actually getting something free uh, at an AFI event. But, you know, <laughs> Rob delivers, and that's the way it's always been throughout my directorship. Yeah, hashtag Rob Deliveries. And speaking of your directorship, there, I mean, there's been big changes in AFI since I actually left for Singapore. Uh, you're no longer the flag football director, which I have not forgiven you for. I, I don't forgive you. Don't ask me to. Yeah, no, uh, it just came to that point in life where day-to-day life was, you know, getting so busy between... Buying a house, uh, moving in with a partner, uh, running a business, just these these kind of things that put bread on the table kind of had to take precedence over football. Um, yeah, over putting that, tacos into to... bread on the table over putting tacos into American football players' mouths. That's fine. You've made your choice. It's fine. We're not mad. Yeah, We're just I, disappointed. You know, I, I put enough tackles and enough mouths in over <laughs> the year, so like it's fine. <laughs> but no, um, obviously, like I speak for AFI when I say that we we you will be missed. You'll be missed big time. And it was great to end on such a high and such a great um great occasion as the flag football final. So um Thank maybe you. we should hmm? Thank you. Thank you very much for the for the appreciation. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, I know it's a it's an appreciation moment here for you. Like, uh, I think that everybody, everybody across flag football has really appreciated like everything that you've done, how approachable you've been about everything, how helpful you've been for anyone's problems, anything like that. Sorry, Kelly, just got a visitor. Oh no, sorry, Kelly. Oh God, no, no, don't. Hi, Joan. How are you? Who is the to? Oh, Tom, good morning, good morning, She's in Singapore. Oh, Singapore. Yeah. 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 Nice yeah. Surprise guest on the domestic game podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Oh, Christ. But anyway, um, I was saying there for anyone that's listening that uh that was Rob's mammy that came in um just there in the midst of our of our chat. Uh lovely to see Joan, the lovely Joan. Um, but yeah, I was saying, Rob, that um about you leaving your directorship that uh, obviously AFI will miss you a lot. And I also wanted to just kind of um, communicate how much like the membership appreciates you, how much um, flag football players appreciate you and how it's really known, how helpful you are, how approachable you are um, to everyone. You're there kind of solving everyone's problems um, coming up to game day in the best capacity that you possibly can. Um, And in our development survey, you were mentioned by name um, by one of the uh, people who was surveyed to say how helpful you were. So that is, uh, you know, quite rare. And so I said I'd uh, communicate that back to you. So you will be very, very missed. 
uh, and I'm st- I still don't forgive you for for leaving. <laughs> no, like when when I saw that in the survey, like it honestly it did nearly make me cry. Um, it got quite quite emotional and quite sad, like because it has been a great experience. It's been a tough experience. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but it was very rewarding when you actually finally see it, like all come to fruition and everything that happened and everyone finally getting a full season. Like it's been like two years since we got a full season in any kind of code of, of American football here. Yeah. Uh, which has been so difficult on everyone. And just like to finally have something happen. We got the whole way to the finals, for the finals to take place and for everyone to have enjoyed their time in it and enjoyed the season. Like that was the rewarding bit about it. And it made all the other like sort of stress throughout the year. It made it all worth it. Yeah. 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 Delighted. Delighted. That's great. We probably should get down to the action then from from the games that were held in the flag final. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like I I was abroad, obviously, so uh I haven't heard like a huge amount. I know that the Panthers and the Cowboys were the winning teams on the day. Uh so do you wanna talk us through any just standout moments, uh how how the games went? Well, yeah, like the games, like like if we want to start with with the Premier Division. Uh, in the sort of in the wild card games in the Premier Division in the north, we had the Hurricanes against the Trojans, which was a pretty tight game. Uh, the Hurricanes won that 30, 32 20 uh, against the Big T. The Big T, a bit disappointed with, with their performance. Um, we know like how, how they managed to play throughout the year. Just Joe Kinnahan in that game had a great, great sort of performance, sort of helped guide the. The uh, the hurricanes to the win managed to get them through. Then the south we had Trinity against the Raptors. You know, Trinity after their amalg- or the, sorry the Raptors after their amalgamation with the Thomastown Tigers of that now blend of older experienced players and youthful energy. Sort of were really hoping that they'd be able to sort of make a push for the finals. Unfortunately for them. The students arrived in big numbers and and really just put, put it down to them like 31 20 to Trinity. It was a great performance by them, great showing. Uh like really, really don't know what else can say. Like that Trinity team were very good this year and very good in the playoffs. Got pipped by the, the Eagles in the final by one or in the Southern Conference final by one point. Uh, like that was a game that was back and forth throughout. It really could have been anyone taking it on the day. The Eagles, like who beat Trinity in the Summer Shield final, twelve nothing. The the Trinity team really sort of put it up to them there today, like on the day, and very easily could have could have won that and made it to the final. But just that extra bit of experience from the, the Eagles players helped them grind out that win. Then in the Northern final what was possibly one of the playoff performances of the decade was that by the, the Craig Alvin Cowboys putting up 75 points against the Hurricanes. Yeah. Like, look, like, from from watching that game, the receivers on the Cowboys team, you know, Lewis Alberto, Neil Maxwell, like, the guys never dropped a ball. 
all day. Like I'd watch them in the warm-ups beforehand and they weren't catching anything. Like the ball was going through their hands like a bar of soap in a shower. But <laughs> in that final, they were like, they were plucking balls out of the air. Peter Lochran was just throwing dimes on the money every time, just pinging, pinging, pinging. He was getting having the ball on the opening drive at his own five-yard line. Maxwell, Maxwell and Alberto were in the end zone, and the ball was just dropping perfectly into their hands. It was like it was a masterclass in quarterbacking. Yeah, and it's it's one of those because I want to chat about uh, Maxwell just for a moment because I mean he's he's actually not someone that we've mentioned on the podcast that often, but he's a phenomenal player and uh, he's playing with the Wolfhounds now as well and is uh, an established player. Uh, in flag but there's been some like lovely I did see some like highlights so there's been some lovely highlights and one in particular stands out to me where he was actually uh, across the touchdown line and the ball was slightly slightly short and um, he just kind of like reaches out uh, like comes back off his route small bit and catches that ball and like falls but with his feet still in the end zone and it's just that awareness like to do that to kind of like when, when you can do something like that as a wide receiver, like it's just flow. Like there's no thoughts about that. You're just seeing something and you're reacting to it. And there's no like conscious thoughts between one and the other. And it's just a, a good hallmark of a solid athlete and a solid option. And it is kind of one of those things with the Cowboys, like they just have a good, a good aerial attack. Like they've come some great wide receivers. They've come on so much. Um, I mean, they were brilliant in 2019 in the IFL one bowl, um, in the kitted section and then as well then coming into this season um, you know the wide receivers were a little bit a little bit rusty kind of letting the team down there against like the big T particularly in like the first quarter of one of the games that they were playing um, and it wasn't representative of them as a unit because they're actually really strong they're really good hands and then I think they just showed that in the flag final um, there this this year so I would say that that will probably carry over into uh, 2021 so um, yeah it's just good it's good when athletes show their potential especially in a final when they show up yeah no like and and what they've shown throughout the year or what they showed in the playoffs carried through then into the finals itself the Eden Derry Eagles suffering their first loss in over two years at the hands of the Cowboys you know, I know we talked to a few of the Eagles players beforehand and they were like, oh, you know, no one no, no one can sort of defend against us. They don't know what we're doing. We put put a forward that possibly after there being some tape from the flag final or the flag summer shield final, that maybe teams would get a bit of a jump on them. You know, the Eagles were quite confident that that wouldn't happen, that one video wasn't going to, you know, change the world. However... I'm pretty sure that one video helped change the world in flag football <laughs> this year. I I firmly believe that Peter Lockeran was sitting up in his house up in Craigavon in his man cave, you know, studying film, breaking everything down meticulously <laughs> to the last frame of football play, seeing what way he could get a competitive advantage against the Eagles. And in the end, all that film tape studies that he was putting in you know, hidden away there in Craig Avon. It's how he managed to systematically carve up Eagles defense in the finals. <laughs> yeah. And these, um, these these are pure facts. These are pure facts. These and, are and pure facts. Straight facts. And I we think that's why 
the, I think that's why he was feeling uh, so confident going into that final because he was confident uh, going in. I mean, like he was kind of saying, if we just do what we're supposed to do, like we're going to come away with the win today. Like, and uh, there's a good video actually of uh, the huddle uh, after the game where all the players come in and all he says to his team is that we did it. I knew we would, you know, and then they do their little huddle break and that's it. That's all he said was like, we did it. I knew we would, you know, that's it. Like he, he was going in very, very short, very, very confident. And we're not saying that it was a hundred percent down to the video footage that was shot on the Eden Terry Eagles in the summer shield tournament. We're just saying that no one was. Huh? Study the tape. That's all we're saying. That's all we're saying. And we're saying that no one was beating them before that tape came out. That's the first, that's the first win that's been uh, got against them since, since two years ago. And the only thing that's changed in those two years is that finally they were recorded playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, not meaning to just take it away from all of the players and uh, the teams and stuff like that, but you know that's kind of that's kind of what we just did there. So no, but in, in all credit to the Eagles themselves, like the Eagles themselves, like they they will admit and they did admit that Craig Alvin just were the better team of the day. The Eagles didn't do anything wrong, like as we can see by the score, like there's just one converted touchdown in the difference, like one more play for the for the Eagles could have resulted in that game heading to overtime very, very easily. It was the kind of thing where you know both teams both teams were were on the money. Just the, the Cowboys held control of the ball for that extra extra drive, which allowed them to, to get that extra touchdown. Like you could barely separate these teams throughout the day. Uh, that game, that final going into next year's games. Hopefully it remains the same. It's such a competitive atmosphere between both sets of players, but also great respect and appreciation for each other's game. Yeah, yeah. And that's so important. And actually, uh, I want to actually like loop around and speaking about like respect and all that for each other's game, because kind of uh, I, I wanted to chat about the, the Lions and the Trojans rivalry, because I know that that's kind of a narrative that we've been pushing on this podcast that, oh, there's a great rivalry there between the Lions, between the Trojans and uh, all of that. Well, you were saying that on the day that that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, like those, I, I was kind of surprised by the amount of love shown for each other from both both teams. Maybe that will change next year when they're both in the same division playing against each other. But there was hugs, there was, you know, there was genuine friendship uh, among players on both sides. Uh, I think sort of the, the narrative that's been created by the likes of ourselves in the media has kind of added fuel to the fire of, of the rivalry between both teams. But there is genuine understanding and appreciation for each other. And as so why both sort of set both teams went the way that they that they eventually did go. And yeah, like it's, it's there is that competitive atmosphere about them. And they are going to be some ferocious games next year between both clubs. But there is also that like appreciation, you know, game game recognizes game, and that's the way it is between both both teams. Yeah, yeah, because the Lions and the Lions are going up next year. They came second in the their final, uh, but they are going up as well along with the uh, South Dublin Panthers. Yeah. So the teams that will be promoted now uh, from Division 1 this year 
are the Lions, the Panthers, the Vipers, and the, the Rebels. Nice. So two, two teams from each conference go up. Uh, one team from the Premier, from each Premier Division conference goes down. You know, it was sort of the way that the games actually went themselves in the, the wildcard games. This was an impressive one. In the, South, in the Southern Conference, from the wildcard games, the Panthers were in the wildcard game. They're the only team this season from wildcard to make the whole way to the finals and actually then win the finals. Nice. So, so they beat UCD in in the wild cards. Then they went on to beat the Dublin Rebels in the in the final, in the Southern final, and then they beat the Lions in the the play or the actual sort of overall Division One final. Yeah, yeah. You Love know, to it was, see it, it was, for for Joe Buchanan, who's the head coach of the flag football team. Uh, Love, love to see him continuing his uh, successful flag football career. Uh, although he's another one that I haven't forgiven for a step in town from his role in AFI, but that's a that's a different story. Um, the I mean, my main question is what 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 was happening with the South Dublin Panthers uniform? <laughs> what were those hats? I'm saying that you're referring to the hot game. Yeah, the hot game. So I don't know if anyone uh, has seen any of the photos of many of the South Dublin Panthers players rocking into town with what I would only call as like a, a bucket hat. I'm going to go with bucket hat. Uh, I was talking to Ryan Hewitt from the, game, uh, from the Panthers after the game and he was saying you know, that this was a decision that was taken uh, in the weeks beforehand by the players that they were going to go in, look like idiots and win. And if they didn't win, well, at least everyone would get a laugh at them looking like idiots. Yeah. But it was actually thanks to their their quarterback uh, who actually came back. You know, Ryan Ryan Eccles, uh, affectionately known by his teammates as Reckles. Yeah. So Reckles actually works. I'm a, Reckles I'm a big fan. Works in a pro shop. Sorry, go on. Uh, Reckles works in a pro golf shop, and actually, he was the man who organised the hats. We saw that all of them were made by Titleist and he supplied uh, many of the players with the hats that they wore on the day. Uh, as we've actually probably seen now from the Panthers' social media, the Panthers have now all got their own branded bucket hats. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, is this going to become like a, a, a merchandise line of uh, Panthers' bucket hats that uh, fans and supporters and uh, members of the club can, can purchase? Yeah, from what from what I've heard from uh, Panthers insiders is that they're basically going to try and take out a whole fashion collection of Panthers based merchandise. Nice, nice. I like so it. It starts it. off with the bucket hats and moves on to pajamas, suits, you know, dresses. You name it. It's like Gucci ain't got nothing on them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Great. Anything else to say on the on the flag football? Uh, just that it, it is worth noting that coming the actual final itself, the the Lions, uh, they were actually down to their fifth fifth string quarterback. Wow. Uh, they're just being like that many injuries that they received throughout the year, so it kind of it wasn't able to sort of reflect accurately on the performance that they gave on the day compared to what they've managed to achieve throughout the year, and then the other two teams in the Northern Conference that were there at the finals, the Elks and the Vipers. Much loved to both teams. Much loved to both of them. 
the the Vipers were in the the first wildcard game and stayed there beyond the finals. Uh, possibly, you know, has even been sightings of a few of the Vipers players still floating around Monaghan. You know, it was that great of a day they didn't want to leave. <laughs> and Kenna White and the Elks, like where she has taken the Elks from when since she's taken over as chairperson of the club. Uh, we can remember, say, two, three years ago, where the Elks were, were on the end of some like pretty punishing uh, defeats in flag football. Um, and to go from sort of being the, the team that would have received quite a whipping throughout the season to a team making it to the playoffs is, is a testament to her and how she has managed to like help develop the club, bring it along, and sort of guide it in the in the right direction. And hopefully uh, she continues to do that. And it would be great to see the Elks next season back in the playoffs and even pushing for promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Big, big, big fan of Kenna White. So uh and the Elks, I think they are they're a great, uh, great team, a great outfit. Uh so more power to them. No, absolutely, absolutely. The things that I wanted to chat about was the the Wolfhounds training that had the two Johnnies um, there, and that the I mean that aired while I was in quarantine in Singapore in my little hotel room. Uh, so it was really nice when I was there to see a few you know friendly faces and stuff like that. Um, I think that the American football section got more minutes dedicated to it than any of the other sports uh, that were showcased on the on the episode and I think it went down really really well uh, I know the two Johnnies are off um, promoting the uh, Aer Lingus College Football Classic now off kind of off the back of that episode which is great because I mean the more people that know about American football in Ireland uh, the easier it will be for teams to recruit uh, players into American Football Ireland. So it's fantastic that we are getting that type of um, exposure now. Uh, probably my favourite part. Uh, did you see, actually, did you see the... the yeah, no, I, 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 like, um, I wouldn't say I'm an avid listener of the two Johnnies. I, I've dabbled uh, here and there in their podcasts. Um, I, I did watch it. I, I did watch it purely because it was American football and that you're going to actually see like people we know in AFI, players, coaches involved in the show and that's kind of what pulled me into it. Uh, I, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, the outtakes at the end were, were quite enjoyable. However, like that final play where one of the two Johnnies made, made a catch and scored a touchdown, I was looking at that and I'm like, how did no one light him up? It's like, <laughs> like I, I, I'm just sitting there, and like, surely some like because that, like, look at the outtakes that was shot, like, it looked at least 10 times until he made the catch and got in. And you're just thinking to yourself, how has someone not got a rush of blood to the head and just been like, right, this is it, I know what's happening here, this is my moment to make TV yeah. history <laughs> and just light him up like a yeah. Christmas tree, boom. I mean, they were they were told not to do it, but if somebody had done it, it would have definitely met it onto RTE, like prime oh, TV yeah. as well, prime TV slot. I'm surprised nobody took took their shot. <laughs> yeah, like there's a time where you have to, you know, sort of 
rise above the instructions that you're given by RTE and do your own thing. And, you know, <laughs> I think I don't, do you know what they say? Don't dim your shine for anyone. Don't dim your shine. If you are a great tackler, you go out there and you tackle one of the two men that has never put on uh, like helmet and pads before in their lives and just clean them out and just show them what you can do. That's the thing. Like, so many people enter this game and we've seen it like everyone around the league has seen it where someone comes into their club, you know, as a rookie, you know, they're walking around as if they're the dog's bollocks. They think they're great. And they get hit once, they fold like a lawn chair, and then they never come back again. <laughs> that was your moment. It would have been gas because I can just and imagine. Go, boom. And all I'm going to say is, you know, there's someone who's after doing themselves out of a contract by not lighting them up. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, I just think it'd be gas because people, you know, the odd mad person. I mean, I do think you have to be a little bit tapped to be involved in this sport in the first place. But like people oh, at home... Oh yeah, no, like without a doubt. But uh, people at home, you know, watching it and kind of looking at the sport and kind of starting thinking, yeah, you know, maybe maybe I would give that a go. You know, give that a go. And then they would see that one clip of one of the Johnnies getting absolutely destroyed by some like linebacker, and mm, you know, maybe maybe not. Maybe I won't play that sport. <laughs> like that, like the exposure that we would that we've gotten would just be uh, completely completely pointless at that point um but my favorite part of the of the episode was I think Conrad Cook to be honest I think like him coming in and just it's even on that point of like being absolutely tapped um and chatting to the two Johnnies and them asking about injuries and him being like no no you know it's you know I've been so lucky because I've never needed surgery I've only had this I've only had that I've only had whatever you know those are the only injuries that I've had nothing that needed like anything daunted or whatever and the two Johnnies listening to this like from the perspective of two like normal sane people and just going yeah yeah sounds like you've been quite lucky yeah yeah (laughs) I swear to God I just cracked up. I thought that was my favorite part. I just thought it was so, it was so, so funny. So, so funny. Yeah. But in fairness to him, like, as he says, if you haven't been sliced up by a doctor, you're doing very well in this sport. Yeah. 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 You are in fairness. So, I mean, like with, from our perspective, yes, he is very lucky, but from the layman, maybe not so much. Not so much. <laughs> I was gonna I just wanted to touch on the kitted slightly like so I know there has been some games that have um, been ongoing I know that the Crusaders have had a game and that they won I think that was against the Bulldogs and so I had Johnny Kyo getting on to me when I was in my quarantine in Singapore saying that we'd missed a fairly a fairly good game and uh, I think they're you know it's fair enough that they'd be a bit put out with us for not covering it um, given that they had uh such a good game on the day and then I know the Crusaders and the um, Rebels are going to meet um, I think this weekend which is probably today at is it 1pm today? yeah the, the time difference has me has me all over the shop but um, so uh, but just focusing on this one particular part in the Kiddish, um section that I wanted to focus on, which is an international game upcoming between the South Dublin Panthers and the Sealand Seahawks. So we obviously all know the South Dublin Panthers really well. We're very familiar with them. Uh, but the Sealand Seahawks are uh, 
touring uh, European team and they were previously called, I think it was called the Thundering Herd. And they are kind of a collection of European players that for a season will play in a few different locations around Europe. So we have had a few AFI members that have been involved um, for a few years and some, I think some, if not all of them are returning. So uh, namely Neil Graham. Uh, from Belfast Trojans has been quite vocal about his involvement with the team as a player in the past few years and this year he is transitioning over to a coaching role which is fantastic and I am sure they will be the better of it no doubt whatsoever and then we also have um, Peter Lochran who we have chatted about on this podcast already today so um, QB for the Craig, Craig Evan Cowboys and he is playing uh, at tight end for the Sealand uh, Seahawks. And I think then we have the likes of Sean Douglas, who also has traditionally played with that team. Uh, I don't know what his, um, where he's playing. I know like, obviously he does a little bit of wide receiver. He does some running back and he does some kick and kick returns as well here in Ireland. So maybe doing something similar with them. I'm not sure. I think Tosin has been involved in the past and I don't know if he's as well from Panthers has played for the Herd. Oh, has he been uh, very good? Very, very good. So that um, is going to take place on the 19th of February uh, 2022. And uh, I just think that'll be really exciting. Really, really exciting fixture. So very excited for that uh, upcoming game. Um, One problem I have with that team, like the Thunder and Herd was brilliant, you know, because Herd is a collection of elephants, you know, you hear the elephants like thunder banging along the ground as they're coming to you. You know, it, it just implies dominance and, you know, control and power. And they had a pretty sweet uniform as well. Mm. And then you got the Seahawks. Seahawk isn't a real animal. It's fictional. <laughs> Why are you naming yourself after something that isn't real? Yeah, I don't know the reason. I don't know the reason for the rebrand. Um I don't, I don't. And know the that. color, the color system of their new uniforms as well is not. It's not half nice as the old one. Like the old kit was beautiful. Oh, but, tell us how you really you know, feel. Don't hold back. No, no, no. Because we could be on here for the next hour, like of sort of ranking teams and sort of who's got the nicest uniform and who you like, who is aesthetically pleasing to watch playing football and who's not aesthetically pleasing to watch playing football. Well, I think that <laughs> you know we'll keep that for the the Patreon cast. Yeah, exactly. Um, Righty, well, I am going to have to cut this episode short, unfortunately, because the cocktails are calling, they're calling my name. So um, we will have to do this again, uh, hopefully not as long as it has taken us this time to do it. Uh, for anybody listening, we're probably going to call this the end of season one, or maybe we'll do another, maybe we'll do one more, like the winners and losers of covid type thing just to wrap up this first 2021 winners and losers yeah 2021 winners and losers and we go through uh all the teams and hopefully uh give a little a little more love to the kiddish teams than we could um on this particular episode and yeah so we'll wrap up the season one with that um whenever we get the chance to record it. And then we're going to move into season two. So there could be another wee break there. And with season two, there'll probably probably be some restructuring for us uh, at the domestic game, given that, you know, the new, the new uh, relocation 
of certain members of the host <laughs> of the hosting staff. Uh, and so we want like our teams to get a lot more involved with what we're doing. We want um, PROs from each team to let us know what's happening in their games. We also want them possibly to record, you know, maybe little five minute sections where they will interview um, their own players, stuff like that. And we can include that as part of our show. Maybe even Rob, I was thinking about getting like a kiddish analyst involved, um, you know, for a little section uh, just to run through the kitted games uh, each each week uh, in their own little little five minute ten minute section and let us know what's happening what's happening in the kitted world or something like that loads of ideas loads of little things but guys if you want to get involved uh, if you want to promote your team on this podcast um, if you are you know an up and coming superstar across AFI and you want to be interviewed. Like just get in contact, like because um that's what we want. You know, uh, it's kind of a it's kind of poor timing for relocation, even though I'm happy to be here, just because I really felt like we'd hit our stride by the last episode, episode 13, where we included those uh interviews with the Crusaders and the Minotaurs. It just kind of loved that, loved having the players involved and stuff like that. Um, so we that's kind of more of what we what we want to see happen uh on this show going into season two. So- Hey Rob, anything anything to add there, or or are we done here? For today, I think we're pretty pretty much through everything. Yeah, I think we are. So, do you want to wrap it up? We used to have a tagline. What was our tagline? I don't know. I actually I can't remember what our what our sign off was. I don't know. Was it like we'll chat to you later? I can't remember. Does anyone remember what that was? Did we have one? I know that we always say. No, it was just our intro. It was our intro we had at time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're a bit rusty. So funny. So funny because we haven't done this in so long. So yeah, you go go for that. Yeah. So uh, Rob, if you've nothing else to add, I think that's all from us at the domestic game. Um, We'll wrap it up here. I'm Kelly Dwyer. I'm Robbie Caldwell. And that's all for now. Peace.